It's Florida Daily TV, brought to you by FloridaDaily.com. For all your news on politics, business, and education, it's FloridaDaily.com. Now, here's your host, Ed Dean. Welcome to another edition of Florida Daily TV right here on FloridaDaily.com. I love talking about the economy, current political and financial situation. We're going to do it right now. Chris Rochelle, very well-known weekend radio talk show host, uh, RFW Wealth Advisors is uh, his group. David Williams back with us again. He is, see him on Fox Business Network. He is the president of the Taxpayers Protection Alliance. Inflation has come out. Let me play for you the latest clip. I know some of my friends want to blame Biden. I'm not a Biden fan, but let's call it the way it is. I don't blame Biden for all the inflation. There's a reason why. Here's one of the latest clips. This is uh, from uh, Bianca Ricci, economics reporter, about the latest inflation numbers, because I want to get into spending in the economy. Here's a clip. From houses to car rentals and lots of other consumer goods, the consumer price index rose 0.8% from March to April, higher than the 0.2% that was expected. Year to year, the index climbed 4.2%, a pace we haven't seen in more than a decade. The government injected $6 trillion of relief to help Americans and businesses pay their bills. And with vaccinations going up, the demand for goods and services has soared. But the supply isn't quite there to meet it yet. This has led to a lot of concern over inflation. Some experts believe the pandemic will end up making supply chains more efficient, but fears over lingering inflation still run deep, especially as businesses across the country struggle with labor shortages and pass along higher costs to consumers. Now, let me go. So the the Consumer Price Index, David Williams, let me talk about this. Consumer Price Index shows that the numbers of goods in the month of April rose to its highest level since that of 2008. September. We all remember what September was when we all fell off the cliff. Okay, does Biden get the blame for this current inflation or is this the marketplace because people are starting to make a comeback? So I think a little bit of both here, right? I think that, you know, it it is the marketplace, but also you can't discount and ignore uh, Biden's policies and really the amount of money that the government has injected into this economy. Yes, there is a lot of pent up demand uh, in this economy right now and supply is low. So there's a lot that's happening here, Ed. And what I find interesting is that, you know, prices are going to go up because employers are having a tough time finding employees. So exactly. what are they going to do? They're going to offer more money. So that means prices are going to increase. So there's a lot going on here. And I just kind of chuckled when you said you like talk, talking about the economy. A lot of Democrats don't like to talk about the economy these days because it's not going as well as they thought it would be going at this point. All right. So inflation, is any inflation... I marketplace inflation i'm a fan of in some cases but government coming in it's like in interest rates during the obama years artificially set low inflation is this just all automatic or is there too much a little bit of government involvement with the inflated numbers out there is this because people are going back some to work i mean tickets for airline prices are going up people are buying cars land tell me what's going on yeah there's no longer any deals out there in uh, the vacation or travel space because you're having to pay a premium over what we were paying pre-pandemic because of there's a lack of supply of everything relative to the demand as we're coming out of the pandemic, whether it be labor, whether it be, you know, access to resources. And what I think is important to understand about inflation is the numbers that were announced yesterday and today with the PPI is they were already expected to be high because you had really negative months during the pandemic from last year rolling off the books. So you were expecting some inflation to show just because of that. We actually had inflationary reports of the CPI and the PPI well above what even the estimates were, assuming that we were having those issues. Okay, who's the blame? 
So who's to blame is the policies of this administration because whether we're not allowing people to go back to work which is, or we're paying unemployment benefits to an excess all the way until September, you're restricting labor supply and demand is coming back, especially in the service and hospitality sector. And you're also putting more borrowing power on on the you know our, our balance sheet. We're probably going to run a $6 trillion deficit this year after running a 4 to $5 trillion deficit last year. Okay, let me so stop So all it. this borrowing puts pressure on the dollar. The okay. dollar goes down, commodities go up. That's so part of your lumber. And, the Fed and, and other prices. peoples have said, hey, we're going to get back to full employment by next year. I don't buy into Well, unless you get people off of the uh, unemployment benefits, maybe, David. They're talking about, you know, Goldman Sachs came out, the economy, they think it's going to hit six, six and a half percent this year. Is that still on target, even with all the government spending taking place? I don't think it is. And I think that the jobs numbers last week really showed sort of the weakness in the economy. Because, I mean, listen, Joe Biden was going to have this big press conference last week bragging about the million jobs that were created. And obviously, we didn't create a million jobs last month. And I think that there's other pressures, Ed. You know, we're talking about an infrastructure bill. We're talking about tax increases. So to say that we're going to see 6% growth, I think is optimistic. And listen, we want to be optimistic, right? We don't want to be pessimistic. But to be realistic, 6% growth may be a bit much because we just don't know how much more spending the tax increases. So there's a lot of unknown going into the rest of this year and next year. Let me play uh, Carl Rowe, former deputy White House uh, chief of staff under the W, had his, you know, was on Fox News, had his clipboard out. It, I, this, we talked about this last week on the radio show. This caught my attention. So we got one, let's just round it off. Two trillion stimulus, 1.92 trillion. Then there's a proposal of 2.3. Now that number's probably going to go down. Yeah, infrastructure. That number's most likely. But let's go with the current numbers. 1.8 for another round of special spending, so that's 6.2. That's just the beginning. Listen to what Rove said. We've got $6.3 trillion proposed by the administration in the first 100 days. But on top of that, remember, we got a budget that's underway. We got $3 trillion of mandatory spending, $1.5 trillion of mandatory spending. So in this fiscal year, if he gets his way, we will spend $10.8 trillion. This is just an amazing... Ten. Point eight. He knocked it out of the ballpark, right? Now, now let's be honest. We're not going to see not that. We're going to get there, but you're still talking about getting to six to eight trillion in an annualized budget deficit, which is just cartoonish. Yeah. So here's the thing: is there's going to be an infrastructure bill, I would assume. Yeah, but it's going to probably be half of the two. Well, I'll take that to compare to what's going to be out there. So here, here's the question: when you look at unemployment numbers, there's the U six, right? Which shows the real unemployment. What probably and you cover this? What is probably the real unemployment right now? Uh, Ten to eleven percent, if you include part-time workers that would take a full-time job. And the, and, available, and, but and, there's eight. There, we just did the Jolt report on Wednesday. It's up right. Eight, number of job openings are up to eight plus. It increased in a month that we, you know, probably had the most disappointing jobs report of my career. I've never seen something disappoint the expected number that bad. So much so that Steve Leesman was like, is this a mistake? Yeah, I saw that. Is this a, so here's, here's, I always ask this question. Republicans and Democrats, the argument by those that want to spend more money is, well, interest rates are low. Mm -hmm. Let's borrow. I'm like, well, big deal. You still got to pay it back, number one. But nobody seems to have any type of concern of what may happen down the road. We've heard of this and heard of this and heard of this. What is the ramification with all this spending? So the Democrats believe in something called modern, modern monetary theory, which basically is a, a theory by Stephanie Kelton that deficits don't matter. You don't have to do all these pay-fors with all these bills. You can spend deficit as much as you want because essentially we're just going to print, 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 print. 
we are never paying back the debt we have. You have 160 trillion in unfunded right. liabilities on top of the approaching $30 trillion debt that we'll be in later this year. That's not getting paid back. So it, it's just not gonna happen. So I think the, the real thing for people to understand is you can't tax your way out of that kind of hole. It, it's impossible. So what is the more likely outcome is you're going to have uh, some kind of a debt jubilee or an inflationary pressure because ultimately you're going to lose world's reserve petrodollar currency status. And that's when the inflation will really gun. Because why? America control. doesn't look like a worthwhile investment anymore? Exactly. I mean, the rest of the world does, you know, if you think about why countries own our debt, part of it is to securitize the ability to operate or reserve our currency to operate in the, in the global markets. Well, if all of a sudden we're not the world's reserve currency anymore, Katie bar the door. I mean, this whole digital currency right. stuff, you're seeing You're not a cryptocurrency federal, guy, are you? I think it's all BS. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, the federal government could come out at any time and the, the federal governor of, of the British uh, UK uh, reserve basically said last week, anybody investing in cryptocurrencies better be prepared to lose every dollar they have. You've seen that's how we'll pay off the debt, huh? I, I think Elon so, is like punking the entire David, system. David, go ahead, David. About cryptocurrency. Oh, he absolutely is. Like Elon Musk is playing us all at this point. I mean, it's you a know, giant joke. Ago, yeah, he played taxpayers with you know, the handouts, but now, you know, Dogecoin, you know, and Bitcoin, the volatility. So you're right. I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's a cartoon. It's really fascinating to see because he, he's a cult of personality. Mm -hmm. He's not a financial advisor, he's a cult of personality. And when, when Elon Musk is in a bad mood, he tweets something and people freak out, which is not the way you run a, a, an economy. And, you know, and, and, and Ed, real right. quick, we never talk about the debt ceiling anymore, do we? Remember when we used to talk about- well, That's right around the corner. Debt ceiling? No one talks about that. Congress doesn't talk about that. The most fiscally conservative members of Congress don't talk about the debt ceiling because it means nothing to them. Find the me a conservative in Washington. The debt means nothing to them. All right, let me talk- on your weekend radio show, very mm -hmm. popular, we always talk about, I know you do, the financial and the politics. Let's talk about the politics. Here's Kristen Soltis-Anderson. She is a pollster. David, you know that up in D.C. You, you know these people. She is with the Washington Examiner. She says that, now let's focus on the politics mm -hmm. now with, with, the, with the spending. She says, because there's another clip I want to play with Frank Luntz, which really nails it out of the ballpark. She has said, David, and I want to play the clip that, if the spending does not connect with voters, it is not good for the party in power. Here's the clip. So debt is one of those issues people tend to think about differently depending on which party is in power. So when Republicans are in control, Republicans don't tend to talk as much about the debt. They don't worry about it as much. But when Democrats are in control, Republicans talk a lot about being worried about how much we're spending. Meanwhile, the shoe is on the other foot. You have Democrats talk a lot more about the need to raise taxes on the wealthy, things like that, ways to, they believe will raise more revenue during these moments. So the debt is something that everyone should be concerned about. But unfortunately, because it is, it feels like something with consequences so far in the future, people, I think, understandably focus on things that they feel are affecting them right now. Health, healthcare crises, crime, safety, etc. And so the debt can sometimes get lost in that conversation. She's exactly correct. Let me play one more for you. Listen to what Frank Lentz, now you heard what she says. If the debt or the deficit or spending, as most people we know aren't focused on that, but the spending connecting with the voters, this is what Frank Lund said. I'll tell you, if the American people find out what's in this uh, infrastructure bill, if they find out what was in this stimulus bill, they'll put the Republicans in power. When they find out the things that, that hard-earned taxpayer dollars are being spent on, the public is going to say, this is not what I voted for. 
Yep, yep. So here we go. So let me talk. This is the bottom line. We don't focus on debt and deficit. I wish we would. Now, I think what's going to happen next is, okay, we had COVID and infrastructure. Instead of dealing with, like you say, real infrastructure and real COVID related and said, you got 1400 bucks while special interest and the arts got millions and millions. David, I don't think many people are following this, but I think they're going to, or am I putting the cart before the horse? No, they're, they're going to follow this. And I'll tell you why. Is there is spending fatigue in this country because we keep on seeing these massive bills, you know, $2 trillion, uh, $2.3, $1.8. And, you know, first of all, we're starting at a trillion. Remember the good old days when bills only cost billions of dollars? Now it's trillions. And I think we're having spending fatigue. And I'm just curious if this is going to be like a mini rebirth of the Tea Party and the fiscally conservative Tea Party, because I think people have had enough. And, you know, we see earmark, earmarks are coming back and yeah. you know, we see money going to Planned Parenthood in an earmark to rebuild some of their buildings. So this is not going to end well for the Democrats because people are taking notice. And you're right, deficit and debts may kind of, you know, not resonate, but the spending does and people are tired. If people take notice, uh, who are they going to take notice for? Because the Republicans have totally, except for maybe Rand Paul and a few others, they've lost credibility on the issue of spending. I mean, that that's a problem that the Trump administration created because we, we did not pay for the tax cuts, but we didn't sell that as to what its real intent was, was to change the rule book to encourage companies to come back and invest in the United States in an infrastructure program. So it's a, it's a three-legged stool. You have to have a rule book that incentivizes money to come back to the United States. You have to have a um, infrastructure plan that is a private-public partnership and an immigration bill because it's all about workers and whether you're going to give them a union card under the Jones Act as a part of um, you know a pathway to citizenship. Where, where I back up to kind of the point you're making, what about when the United States starts sending three, $235 million a month ago back to Palestine and within a month they're lobbying, you know, Molotov cocktails, a.k.a. missiles into Israel? So this is something that was done away with under the Trump administration as, you know, we're giving money to bad characters around the world. Obama gave, you know, several billion dollars to Iran and some of which was in cash on the way out the door in his last year. And they end up turning around and funding terrorism with this. This is something that will never sell to the American people where we're giving money to effectively our enemies that are ending up within a month uh, firing rockets at our allies. And this is this is not a good look, at least from an optics standpoint at a bare minimum. But the amount of money that, that when they passed uh, during Christmas and people started to realize when they passed that omnibus bill with the stimulus bill – you started seeing the idea of, oh, my God, we send money for gender studies in Pakistan. I mean, that's not going to resonate with the American public when people can't pay their bills at home because of self-inflicted wounds related to the pandemic, where we shut down our own economies. The blue states for a bailout argument kept their economies shut down even longer. Uh, and all of a sudden, California goes from a $50 billion deficit to a $70 billion surplus well, to where he's going to send me, out $600 on, okay. checks to Californians but right David, before a recall. David, it's talking about a rebirth of the Tea Party. I don't see it right now. I don't think there's an – right now people are just angry, okay? They're still dealing with the fact of I just want to walk around and live my life. Well, that's true, so yeah. people are dealing with basics. How do I pay my bills? Can I go to a restaurant? Can I go to something fun? Can I travel without the hassles? Yeah. And now all of a sudden we have a gas shortage because of, of a pipeline hack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, We're yeah. A coincidence. I know that. I, I, but I don't blame that on Biden with the, with the hack. Okay. I you get don't? it. No. Because it's not his Everybody's fault. Everybody's testing him because well, he's a yeah. weak but, individual. No, that's exactly right. They're testing him in so many ways. And the, I think the, the hack is a great example. And listen, when we talk about these tax increases, 
this is virtue signaling. It's not about revenue. I know. They, they want to raise corporate rates. They want to raise the capital. To know, the point that gains. they'll actually take in less revenue. Well, well, exactly. So if this is not about revenue. They're just trying to send a signal that corporate America is bad and they don't care about the rest. They don't. The, the Democrats don't care about you know, the, the revenue side of it. And listen, I am harder on Republicans when it comes to spending because Democrats are honest. Democrats say, yes, we want big government. Republicans say, no, we don't want big government, yet they fund big government. So that's why, you know, my organization is a lot harder on Republicans during this spending. Than As there should be. Yeah, but first off, I, listen, if this had been Trump, the media coverage would have been much worse about the gas hacks. I don't, I do not blame Biden for this. i tell you what you need, David. You would have this problem if you had more pipelines. Huh, funny that, right? If only there were a pipeline coming from Canada, that could be built. Here's why you have to blame Biden, though. The Obama administration, one of the first things Obama did was go to Egypt and speak on a world stage and essentially apologize on behalf of the the Americans as being bad people. And that lit off the air. What does that have to do with the gas hack? So what it's the testing. It's the beginning of an administration. Who's testing them? And everybody's testing him. South Korea is testing him. China's hold testing on, hold him. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I, I, you know, Hamas and, and Palestine but hold are on. testing him. Do you know how many times we tried to get hacked all the yeah, People are trying to hack during the Trump administration. I don't. But they uh, hacked our infrastructure. Okay, but Ed, look at the response. Look at the administration's response. They paid the ransom, the $5 yep. million, dollars, and then they say, well, this didn't happen. This was not Russian, but someone, somebody in Living Russia. Living in Russia. Did this, but it wasn't Russian. So. Really Nothing happens in Russia state. without yeah. government approval. Right, but they're, they're just bending over backwards okay, what, to give but, Russia a pass but David, so yes, David, I'm not a Biden guy, is, but what I'm saying is... This is precedent, though. This is establishes a precedent of a very weak president. I, I would make, agree with you. People could be tested. I don't blame him for the hack because we've had we've had hacks that have been tried before during the Trump. I'm just telling you, they're trying to hack our elections as well. Now, and that was yeah, Trump. We can, I'm we just can telling hack a you. Pipeline, but not a, a voting. Yeah, go it's, figure that one. Hack the pipeline, <laughs> stuff like that. So, but hey, by the way, gasoline three dollars a gallon. Is it going to mm-hmm. go to four bucks? So you're gonna you're coming into the summer months anyway, where we switch to sweet crude, which is a more expensive brand anyway. Um, really, in my opinion, on a global basis, India and what's going on with their pandemic, how much does their economy slow? So you're gonna you're dealing with a cross current of you're already coming into the summer months where your inflationary pressures on gasoline naturally happen before we even get to summer. But you could some get some global slowdown to some degree, depending on how long India is dealing with their their pandemic. And potential that's, that's a great point. That's a great point about India, because last year we saw that here. We saw gas prices plummet, plummet to, to negative. You know, to, yeah, it was it was crazy what was happening with oil. So I think you're right. That's a really good. Oh, but you didn't answer my question. We're going to see four dollars a gallon. Yeah, I think you'll see four dollars. By when? Um, probably by September. For, less, David, by September. Well, if it doesn't happen by September, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it'll going fall back off. To the summer months. Yeah, because you'll come out of the summer sweet crude. Exactly. So, yeah, I think we're going to, if not reach $4, pretty darn close to it by, by the end of summer, for sure. And let's wow. just see what else gets hacked. Hey, by the way, uh, infrastructure, um, we thought they were going to ram this through. As David said, I think they're getting a little bit of spending fatigue. I don't think the moderates that are up for re-election are going to go with it with all the tax hikes. Having said that, infrastructure package, it, it, the talks haven't even happened by Memorial Day now. Um is it possible it may not happen, or you think it's just going to be a minor bill? 
So Mansion and what is it, Kristen Cinema yeah. out of Arizona are the two that have come out and said they're they're not for all of the spending that they're going to do. So they're also going to then reach out to the Romneys of the world and and try and get some bipartisan support. So that's going to be the negotiation. So you know, hey, we'll end up with some piece of pork that'll be good for Utah or Arizona or West Virginia. Uh, don't forget, Mansion literally his state under the Obama administration had to have all of their coal miners retrained for jobs that paid half of what a coal miner's exactly job paid. Right. So, um, then, so and, they still and, owe him a bit. Go ahead, Dave. Get, go ahead. And, and Ed, you have Republicans saying that tax, tax hikes are off the table. Just you know, earlier this week, as McConnell came out of the White House meeting and said, we're not, not touching the tax reform of 2017. So there has been no pushback. It's been amazing how silent people have been from when he said that. So right. I think the White House and the Democrats are in a really tough position because they're not going to get the spending from those two Democrats, which are key when it comes to voting, but you're not going to get the tax hikes from the Republicans. So the longer this goes on, the less possibility of an infrastructure bill. And I think it's in, in serious trouble the way it's structured right now. And David, that's why I think we don't hit 6% GDP growth on the second half of the year. That's where I think we come in short. You're already starting to see all of the problems of trying to come back from a, when you shut an economy down and you come back. Well, hold on. It, it's just a dis- hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Even if you had an infrastructure bill, you ain't going to see no jobs this year anyway. So it's the expected spending and it's Correct. whether we're going to then at the end of, uh, are we going to cut off people's unemployment pandemic benefits? Oh, no, we can't do that right before Christmas. Ed. I think Democrats may think a little bit different about that with the unemployment. They The first thing the House pinned on the 10 things they wanted to add to his already $2.2 trillion bill was an extension of the benefits. You be Under I, the I, Obama administration, you. they Extended unemployment benefits for close to three. Years. I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be dropped because I think the same they're, they're going, well. I know, but I think it's going to be a little bit different there. So, David Williams from the Taxpayers Protection Alliance, Chris Rochelle, uh, radio talk show host, and of course with uh, RFWWealthAdvisors.com. Man, so by the way, what's on for the radio show coming up the next couple of weeks? All about the same thing: spending and uh, literally. This is the conversation we just went over this morning. With People like it because you mix business and politics, which is what we do. So anyway, all right, David Williams, good to see. Chris Rochelle, good to see you. And we'll be back next time for another edition of Florida Daily TV right here on FloridaDaily.com.